Vikas was living his version of Groundhog Day. It was not entertaining. Days flowed into one another with little to separate them. He had lost all purpose. There was no longer any drive to keep himself occupied. His daily routine was built around the hours he spent in front of the television. He had convinced himself that he needed to wait until the campaign was launched before he could put this chapter of his life behind him. With enough conviction, anything can be made to seem like fact. Weekends came and went. In his life, they were merely punctuations, just good excuses to keep his drinking companions out a little longer. Once in a while, he felt a need to get out of the rut he was in, a need to find something to occupy himself with. Anything that didn't involve sacrificing brain cells to the television. Each time that feeling rose, it was drowned out. All it needed was one day of procrastination. That was enough time for the apathy to squeeze back into the crevices of his mind, eroding any will he built up. It was a damp day when Vikas woke up. It had just stopped raining. As he made his way into the living room, it felt like another day. The sleep had still not left him completely. He walked around the dining table, lifting lids from the utensils to inspect the leftovers from breakfast. Both his parents were on the sofa looking at him. It took him a moment to realize he was under scrutiny. He took a seat and braced himself. It seemed like a what are you doing with your life conversation was looming. "Have you seen the paper today?" his father asked. "No," he said. "Here," his father said, flicking a pile of newspapers onto the table. It took him by surprise. He recognized the face staring back at him from the ads that covered the front pages. "I am not a politician," the tagline read. It looked good in print. He had been worried about the shoot. In spite of being asked to stay away, he told himself it didn't matter. He didn't care. It was a lie. No idea is worth anything unless it is executed well. Akshay used to tell him. This one had been executed flawlessly. He admitted to himself. The kurta and jeans parag wore, the expression on his face, the choice of background, he couldn't fault anything. Go brush and eat a little bit if you want. Don't fill yourself up. We were thinking we can go for lunch instead of dinner today. It's a weekday. I don't think getting a table will be a problem, his mother said. Congratulations. I think this is your first front page print ad, his father said. He was right. While the circumstances were far from ideal, This was the first time his work had made the front page of a newspaper. It turned out decent, right? Vikas said. He tried not to smile. The first campaign Vikas had ever taken charge of was a leaflet promoting an electronics store inserted in a local newspaper. It was over a decade ago. While it didn't seem like much now, it had been the start of a tradition. Each time one of his campaigns saw the light of day, the family had gone out to celebrate. The celebration invariably involved a trip to Bamboo Shoot. The Asian restaurant was nice enough to warrant special occasions, but only just. When they got there, the restaurant wasn't crowded. His father was glad the table at the end of the room was available. It was difficult to tell why he favored it. Vikas watched his parents go through the menu. When they finally ordered, he wasn't surprised. Their order had stayed the same since the first time they'd eaten there. He didn't protest when they ordered for him as well. The meal had a comforting familiarity to it. Now we have become like the key keepers of the fourth floor. Everyone leaves their keys with us. It's fine for an emergency, but now all their maids and drivers have taken it for granted. I am getting fed up of them ringing the bell and asking for it whenever they want. 
his mother said. The conversation didn't really interest Vikas, but it was good to spend the time with his parents. He was the first to admit that he was no good at keeping track of family affairs. The afternoon filled in the gaps for him. How else would he ever know that one of his aunts was buying a plot of land or that a distant cousin on his father's side was getting married? As soon as the bill arrived, both Vikas and his father reached for it. They both knew Vikas wasn't going to pay for the meal. Still, he knew that his father enjoyed coming out on top. There was no reason to deny him that pleasure. Vikas paid attention to the hoardings on his way home. He counted each time Parag looked down at him from one of them. There were three on the short ride home. All three were different sizes. They looked good. He wondered if he'd talk about this campaign to future clients down the line. Each day he waited. Both Parag and Anirudh waited deeper into the election. Vikas knew they would become increasingly difficult to reach. With the campaign so fresh, it was still too early to tell how it would be received. Vikas didn't want to wait and see. It was time to close this chapter. Back home, he settled in his bedroom. Any personal relationship with either Parag or Anirudh no longer seemed likely. Anirudh had told him that his work with the party would open up a variety of opportunities. While he had no idea what they might have been, the thought of being back to advertising seemed less appealing each day. The pressing need, however, was to ensure that the episode with the police was out of his life. He was convinced that it was the one thing that was holding him back. Hey, just saw the campaign. It's looking great. Congratulations, he said to himself. He repeated the words over and over, trying out different tones. Once he realized how silly it felt, he reached for his phone. Four rings and hang up, he told himself. He let it ring a fifth time. There was no answer. He hung up and typed out a message. Secretly, he was relieved to be able to have the conversation over text. Campaign's looking great. Congratulations. Good luck with everything, he typed. Immediately, he hit send, hoping it went through before Parag could return his call. This was mere formality. The conversation he needed to have was one with the man who made the promise to him. When he dialed Anirudh's number, someone answered after just two rings. The voice wasn't the one he expected. Good evening, Mr. Das. I'm afraid Anirudh, sir, is not available at the moment. This is Vaishali. Can I take a message for him? No message, really. Just wanted to talk to him. What might be a good time to call? Vikas asked. Actually, sir has a busy evening and the rest of the week is relatively booked. Can I know what this is about? She asked. Can you just tell him that Vikas had called and I would like to talk to him about any formalities that might be needed from my end to close out our agreement? Of course, sir has briefed me about the situation. He has asked me to convey that you may consider your engagement complete. Please do let me know if there's any outstanding dues, she said politely. No dues. I actually would like to talk to him. There is a little matter with the police that I need to discuss with him. Yes, I'm aware of the situation. ACP Chitnavis has already been informed. If you would like, I can set up an appointment for you to see him tomorrow morning. I'm sure that he will be able to address any concerns you might have. She sounded reassuring. That would be great. Is 11 a.m. okay for you? Yes, great. I will let him know you will be coming. In case there's a change in timing, I will let you know. Great. Thank you. The Oshiwara police station was uncomfortably familiar. Vikas walked in, without stopping to ask for directions. He made his way to the ACP's office. 
two at a time. He climbed the stairs and walked down the corridor on the first floor. The door he stopped in front of had no words on it. It was locked. For a moment, he wondered if he had the wrong door. He looked around the corridor. He remembered the pillar, the one Pritam was leaning on. The first time he was taken to the ACP. A constable walked towards him. The man made an obvious attempt to avoid a conversation. Still, Bikas made sure the man did not pass undisturbed. Sir, वो ACP साहब से मिलना था, Bikas said as the man approached. वो नहीं है, the constable responded. He did not break stride as he walked past. Bikas walked downstairs. He made his way to the room he waited in. The last time he was there, he knew it had a desk. He could only hope the person manning it would be slightly more helpful than the first policeman he'd encountered that morning. Sir, ACP Saab ke saath meeting hai, Vikas said to the man sitting behind the desk. He had a cup of tea and a Marathi newspaper in his hands. Wo to abhi tak aaye nahi, he said. He showed Vikas the courtesy of putting away his newspaper. 11 baje ka meeting tha unke saath. Aap check kar sakte ho please, Vikas asked. Ek minute, the man said. He stood up and pointed towards the bench in the room. He walked to the door, paused to look right and then left before he ambled away. When the constable returned, he was accompanied by another policeman. This one looked more senior. "Mr. Das?" the policeman asked. "Yes," Vikas replied. "I have told the ACP you are here. He has told you to wait. Please come with me." The man led Vikas into another room. Vikas recognized it instantly. Even if he'd been blindfolded, he would have recognized that stench. It was unmistakable. Please wait here. I will come and tell you once sir arrives, the man said. Thank you, but can I wait in the other room? Vikas asked. He wasn't sure why he was being asked to sit in the holding room. He'd done nothing wrong. It was important to keep his composure though. If you let me know approximately how long he will take, I'm happy to come back, Vikas said. No, you wait here. the man said firmly before he walked away walking into the room was a marked improvement from waking up on that bench still the room was as uncomfortable as ever are these just some stupid mind games that these guys are playing he wondered he pulled out his phone he realized that he didn't have vaishali's number he decided it was best not to call anirudh you'll be fine he said under his breath you've done nothing wrong and soon you'll be done with this shit Stay calm and don't let them see that this bugs you. A much needed whiff of fresh air carried bits of conversations through the window. From the little Marathi he could understand, Vikas knew the men outside were talking about a woman in a housing society nearby. It had something to do with a husband being a drunken menace. The holding cell at the back of the room was exactly like Vikas remembered it, right down to the little stream that flowed through it. The smell in the room confirmed that it wasn't just water. Inside were three men. Two of them looked like they were used to the cell. They sat near the back. The smell didn't seem to bother them. The third man looked uncomfortable. He kept his distance from the other two. He looked in Vikas's direction and for a moment their eyes met. Both of them looked away. Vikas wondered if the man had caught him staring. He didn't want to look back, but the man didn't leave him an option. "So, what have they put you in here for?" the man asked. His English was fluent. "I'm just here to meet the ACP," Vikas replied. He tried to avoid eye contact. "This is not the most welcoming waiting room. Are you sure this is a regular meeting?" the man asked.
Only they know how things work around here, I guess. The man adjusted his kurta and leaned forward. He struggled to find a comfortable posture. Don't worry, I'm not some thief or drug addict. No offense to them, the man said. I'm not worried, Vikas responded. Good, then I can do with someone to talk to. Suddenly the chatter in the corridor died out. Vikas looked towards the door and saw a crisp uniform on a well-proportioned frame. Inspector Kamle stood at the door. He noticed Vikas and frowned as he tried to place him. How are you, young man? he said finally. He had a smile of recognition on his face. What have you done now? Nothing, sir. I just finished that project we went to discuss with the CM. I'm here to close out the details with the ACP. It's all done and dusted now, Vikas responded. Hmm. The ACP will be a little busy this morning with our special guest here, the inspector said, looking towards the man in the cell. I will tell you when he reaches so you can complete your work with him. The constable told me somebody was waiting in the holding room. I did not realize it was you, he said. Before Vikas could ask him if he could wait somewhere else, Inspector Kamble had left the room. He seems like a nice man. How do you know him? The man in the cell asked. The stubble on his face framed a disarming smile. It's not my first time here, Vikas said. He was already committed to the conversation, so there was no need to avoid eye contact. You know, I recently learned that it is not polite to ask what someone did when they are sitting in cells. Before you ask, let me just put it out there. I am in here for being a part of a protest, the man said. Wasn't going to ask. Well, you know now nonetheless. My name is Tarun. I am actually a professor. I teach sociology. Wow, I would not have guessed. My name is Vikas. Nice to meet you, Vikas. Will you make me guess what you do? I am not a lawyer or a journalist, if that is what you are asking. I can't help with your predicament in any way. Oh no, my friend, I assure you, I would not depend on the good graces of someone I met by chance to get myself out of a holding cell. I was just asking. I work in advertising. Ah, I don't know if you were thinking about it, but please don't bother making the effort of shaking hands. Tarun looked over at the constable standing by the door. I don't think he would approve. So, what were you protesting? Vikas asked. Since we seem to have the time, our esteemed government wants to build a hydroelectricity plant that will displace 27 villages near Bandhardara. The last time a major reallocation of land like this happened, around 12 years ago, one of the MPs ended up owning most of the reallocated land. The villagers were left homeless. A month or so ago, we dug out all the reports that we could and sent it to the press. It got a bit of traction, but it died out soon enough. It's incredible how many families are still homeless. Are you from one of those villages? Bikas asked. No, I'm very much from Bombay. I was born and brought up here. So, are you a part of some NGO or something? Oh, no, no, just a concerned citizen. You know, sometimes people simply believe in a cause strongly and decide to do something about it. Of course, I come from a generation that is not as cynical as yours. So you're not an activist, but you went to jail for this cause. I do consider myself as an activist, but we do not have a website where people can get a receipt for donating 100 rupees. No tax breaks here. I'm sure you have your reasons. We all have our reasons. It's just that people tend to get stuck inside little bubbles of comfort. There are people that work to make sure your bubble stays comfortable. They thrive when your life revolves around a night at the movies or at a bar. 
That way, nobody pays attention to what's actually happening in our country. You know, I might just be jaded, but how successful has activism really been in our country? All the activists either burn out fighting against a system that never changes, or become a part of the same scum. You say we all live in a bubble, but how come no activism has ever been able to break us out of this bubble? Shouldn't a movement be capable of winning over people and having them join in? especially the intelligent people who understand what you're saying let me tell you what i think i think the most intelligent people in the world aren't the ones that are at the front line of anything the business leaders the political leaders the wealthiest 1% are top scientists none of them are the sharpest minds of our species the truly great minds learn early that life is better flying under the radar They understand the world is not pleasant and they find a way to not burden themselves with responsibilities like trying to change things Tarun said What about you You don't think you're that smart why are you trying to change the world Vikas asked I don't think I'm among the smartest people in the world No I just try to make the best use of the gifts that I was given I look at it very practically What is a big company It's a handful of people imposing their will on a lot of people. They might try and do it in different ways, but the objective is the same. In my case, I'm trying to get the people to see what a few greedy men are doing to them. I too need to find a way to make people part with their resources. It might be time, skill sets, or money. The better I get at it, the more impact I can make. I like to think of myself as an early stage business struggling for market share that is all that's not a bad story you should take that with you to whatever recruiting drives you run to gather support it would be a shame to waste it on me <laughs> it's not a waste my friend you're thinking about it i can assure you that i'm not signing up to fight the good fight as such i don't think i feel strongly enough especially now that you've told me about what you think of the smartest people in the world I think that is the direction I see myself going. Oh, I didn't mean the smartest minds in the world can't make a difference if they choose to. Do you think you're among those minds? No, no, I don't think I'm one of the great minds in the world. I'm only smart enough to follow their lead and stay away from all the shit people do to each other. Ah, the wit of an open-minded young man. Do you have a problem with the wit or open-mindedness? Neither offend me, my friend. It is just that it is almost poetic. The thing that unites us, this broad-minded, free-thinking, questioning everything approach to life, that's the one thing that will eventually divide us all. That is probably why we would never be able to form a government of liberal free thinkers. We would never get anything done. We would debate where freedom and duty intersect until kingdom come. They could give us the keys to the kingdom and we would never get past arguing about the color of the gate. Wow. I might not agree with you, but I have to admit you have a way with words. It's all I have, my friend. The inspector had warned Vikas about the ACP's busy day. When Vikas was finally taken to the ACP's office, he saw what the inspector meant. The three cell phones on the table went off regularly. ACP Chitnavis juggled between them. Sometimes he barked instructions at other times he politely assured the person on the other end that everything was in order. 
He was not pleased to see Vikas sitting across the table from him. Why are you here, Mr. Das? Someone from the party says you would like to meet with me, and insisted that it could not wait. The ACP said, "This was the first time Vikas had seen him in uniform. Have you caused any more problems with the CM? We have a high-profile detainee today, so please do not waste my time with any lies. No, sir, I have completed what the CM and Anirudh asked of me. Anirudh told me I can come by and close the entire matter with you. What matter? My men tell me you have been here all morning talking to the criminals. Do you even know who that man is?" You just thought it would be nice to start talking to anybody and everybody, sir. I was waiting in the other room. Someone asked me to move and wait in the holding room. I have no idea what that man is, and honestly, I don't care. I just want to finish up any formalities or anything that might be needed to close my own matter. I do not want to take up your time unnecessarily. Close the matter, Mr. Das. I have a lot of things to do, so I will be brief. You got into a fight. You know how many people get into fights in this city daily. You think we write a report for all of them? Your fault was that you got into a fight with the CM's people. Normally, he would just have his men put you in the hospital. Instead, he offered you work, and now you have completed it. As far as the police is concerned, this was never a matter. It was between you and the CM. It seems that you have resolved that matter. So please consider this closed. Do not get into any more fights or try to contact members of the party again. I sincerely hope I do not see you again. But sir, you told me it was a serious offence and the charges were assault, drug possession, and some other things. That is why the party blackmailed me into working for them. Blackmail, Mr. Das. There were never any charges. We did not put anything on record. The CM chose not to. You should be thanking him rather than accusing him of blackmail. The CM does not need to blackmail youngsters to work for him. Now, if you don't mind, I would like to get back to more important matters. The ACP waved, and the constable at the door walked over to Vikas. Now, I told you already. Please don't cause any more trouble and stay away from these drugs. They seem to make you do crazy things. Next time, you might not have the protection of the CM. Thank you. Vikas muttered. He left the ACP's office. As he walked out of the police station, the ACP's words rang through his head. He felt cheated and betrayed. The rage in the pit of his stomach was beginning to stir. It could have been worse, he told himself. It didn't make him feel any better. The con was elegant. It was difficult for him to admire its simplicity. After all, he was the victim. It's easy to beat someone at a game of poker when there's a gun pointed to their head. Vikas had just discovered that the gun pointed at his head wasn't even loaded. He wondered why the ACP didn't lie to him and tell him that the charges would be dropped. It would have been so much easier to digest if there was never any record of the incident. He could have walked away from the party any time. He left the police station with exactly what he wanted. He was no longer indebted to the party or in any danger of prosecution. He had received the full payment promised to him. The little hitch was the realization that he'd been played. All his agony was just a game. Logic and reason were hiding away as the ball of anger inside him grew under the afternoon sun. His feet thudded into the pavement. 
in his head there were no thoughts only words to a song he kept rhythm with his stride he is the one who like all our pretty song and he likes to sing along and he likes to shoot his gun but he don't know what it means don't know what it means vikas took a long shower once he got home it didn't settle his mind he was thinking about what he could have said or done the possibilities were endless he sat in his room staring out the window wondering how it had all come to this it was almost a shame almost traffic was scarce vikas had decided that he needed to blow off some steam the sun had disappeared beyond the mangroves the street lights were taking over he was 10 minutes or so into a run his mind was already screaming for him to stop his lungs were working overtime runners generally settle into a rhythm where their mind can drift away while their feet float across the pavement effortlessly vikas was far from it he fought the urge to stop looking for trees parked cars or any other markers to aim for just so that he could go on a little bit longer a sharp pain below his rib cage told him he didn't have much left in the tank already past his threshold he capped off his escapade with one final push one sprint for as long as his legs could carry him with his hands on his knees gasping for air it took vikas a few moments to collect his thoughts not even 2 kilometers he told himself fuck while the distance he discovered was disappointing he hoped it was enough to release the good juices in his brain he walked home slowly taking the slightly longer way around harsh listened as vikas narrated in detail the events of the previous week he was careful not to bring up the interview he'd had seen on tv that evening parag tare had spoken eloquently about his ambitions and goals probably winning a lot of goodwill vikas hoped that talking about it would help take the edge off now that it was all behind him he didn't see any reason to keep it under wraps not from those close to him the two of them were already through their first quarter of whiskey listen now you're just fucking around even you know they will never bring this up no politician just starting out would like a story about how his first campaign was created with blackmail it's worse for them than it is for you after this much time the police won't be able to justify why it took so long to book you for an offense it's just over full stop move on now harsh said i know man you're right but why did the cunts need to fuck with me it was never recorded i didn't have to go through that shit for a month vikas said if people who fuck with me give me breaks in my career pay me well and then leave me to pursue whatever i want i don't think i would mind while the whiskey flowed freely the conversations didn't it began to double back on itself in tangles the two of them looked for different ways to emphasize the points they couldn't seem to put across to each other over time it was no longer about trying to articulate an idea the words were no longer tethered to thought when he stumbled into bed his room seemed to have a bit of a wobble the floor seemed to be tilted slowly like an optical illusion it slanted it was never steep enough for him to lose balance but it made him uncomfortable he put his head down on the pillow he couldn't close his eyes completely oblivious to the racket he made 
He stumbled into the kitchen. He splashed some water on his face. It helped his balance, only a little. He decided to make himself some eggs, oversalted, slightly burnt fried eggs with broken yolks. It was just the meal he needed. He scoffed it down in no time. His headphones sat clumsily on his head. The boxer rebellion's promises poured through them. He'd queued up the entire album. Sleep wasn't even a distant thought. The whiskey prodded at him. It fueled his need for conversation. He scrolled through his Facebook timeline, looking intently at the chat window on the side. Each time he spotted someone online, he bombarded them with conversation. Most of what he said was gibberish, but in that moment, it felt like witty banter. Consequences the following day didn't cross his mind. Most of his conversations were with women, a lot of them acquaintances that he wasn't particularly close to. Chances were they'd taken offense to his drunken ramblings, but in that moment, it didn't matter. Eventually, the responses got curt and dried up. He moved on. He tried to read an article. It was about a town in Mexico where the citizens had formed vigilante squads to deal with the drug cartels. The highway to sleep was empty and long. His mind raced across, absorbing whatever sights and sounds it encountered along the way. He found refuge in the music. Let go, let go, for tomorrow is all a new day, not too far away. The words strung high on a beautiful melody. They looped over and over, building momentum like a chant. Just before they reached their peak and delivered the catharsis they'd promised, the YouTube algorithm decided that it was time to interrupt the stream and play an ad. He didn't need to switch tabs from the article he was reading to recognize Parag's voice. He was delivering lines from a script Vikas had crafted. The ad was still playing when he slammed his laptop shut and put it on the floor. He wasn't as gentle as he thought. The birth of an idea is a magical thing. A plethora of information and emotion, accumulated over time, suddenly processed into one simple thought. Our mind rarely allows us an insight into the process of creation. Like a plane crash, it takes a series of events coming together, conspiring to give birth to something that seems to defy probability. With a bill for two bottles of whiskey and a plate of chili chicken in his pocket, Vikas was still unaware of the idea growing in his mind. It dug its tentacles deep and settled comfortably in the crevices of his mind. Through the night, it fed on his disturbed sleep and troubled thoughts, growing in strength. It was not quite a living thing. As it grew, it got simpler. Is there anything more powerful than a simple idea?